Hey, we all make mistakes, but the best thing we can do is have somebody help us avoid them. My name's Chris Joslin. Welcome to another edition of Jaws Bites. and coming to you direct from ilevellogistics.com, an aggregated informational website designed around transportation, supply chain, logistics, all that kind of thing, but with a design specifically put together with the small business owner in mind. Now, I just wanted to, to spend a little time today going over an article that I put on, on, on iLevel some time ago. And it was uh, basically about some of the pitfalls and mistakes that owner-operators or small businesses in general can make uh, when they first start out. Because you, know, you, you go into something with a ton of enthusiasm, a ton of desire, you, you know, a lot of emotion, a lot of aggressiveness. You roll forward in something, and a lot of times it's like, oh, I, you know, it, it's kind of, you introduce something like, oh, I, I love to eat, so I'm going to start a restaurant. It's a good example. Not a good example. It takes a lot more to run a restaurant than it does... Uh, to taste the food. If that was the case, then, you know, a lot more of us would have restaurants because I like tasting food, as you can probably tell. But in any event, the the, the cases in, in transportation logistics, especially as a small business owner, that there are things you got to think about. Uh, ask me how I know. I went through some things myself, and I went down some blind alleys and had to back out. And if you have enough capital to start a company and you know, play, hunt, and peck, and, and make your mistakes, and back up, and start again, that's one thing, but very few people do. Most people should have some sort of game plan, some sort of outline, some sort of desire to get things, if not right the first time, certainly the first couple of times. So I wanted to go into this a little bit and touch base on those 10, 10 items. Hopefully it'll be helpful to you. Um, we'll uh, love to hear feedback on this, of course. As you've watched this, you know, can can make some comments. You can, you know, uh, comment on my on my uh, uh, email up here. You can, you can go right on the site and comment on the the Road Scholar. You just hit the tab that says Road Scholar and go to ten mistakes uh, make the owner operators make when starting a business, and you can comment there as well. And we can we'll, we can start some dialogue. That's the idea behind this that we can have a community of of realistic ideas that start to help. Small business owners like you and like me get better and better at things. Because I, I may, you know, it's a, a play on words, of course, to say road scholar, but there is, I certainly don't know everything. And I've got 30 years in this business in, in a variety of aspects in supply chain. But I'm here to learn. And a lot of times talking to you is going to help me learning and then getting feedback as well. So why don't we just start it off a second. Yeah, I'm old enough where I've got some, some readers I have to put on. Um, but, you know, one of, the, one of the first things that jumped out to me when I put the article together was this whole idea of trying to go it alone. You know, there's, there's a lone wolf mentality in, in our industry in general, especially that, that truck driver mentality. It used to be, especially, I think the average age of long-haul truck drivers in the U.S. is still in the high 50s, and that's got to come down over time. You know, certainly things like AI are going to contribute to the overall uh, portfolio out there of types of 
uh, drivers there are, some will just become pilots, which means probably a younger and younger crowd. But getting back to what we're talking about here, what we're really talking about is starting and running your own transportation business. And it's real important that you analyze the idea of trying to go it alone. You know, if you jump into something and going it alone, that's great that you have the potential to do it, but you're going to have to you're going to have to understand that it's all on you. It, the burden of starting and running a business is going to be on you anyway. But if you're trying to do it without any help at all, you're setting yourself up for a, a lot of backtracking, a lot of one step forward, two step back kind of scenarios. So it's something that I would suggest heavily that you know you're not. You may be a great driver. You may be a great broker. You may know how to dispatch like crazy and you have a good network of people, but the likelihood of you knowing how to be a business person is slim. So there's a lot to learn. And it, that doesn't mean it's overwhelming or impossible or anything like that, but it, it's just a part of what you have to think about before going forward into, into a business venture like this. And, and you know, part of that going alone does not mean that you the first thing you do is reach out to every family member or friend to get their opinion on what you want to do. Uh, trust me, it, there's nothing wrong with it. You, you can have legitimate, serious conversations with friends and family member about things like this. But you are the one taking the risk. Most people out there have a employee mentality, which is perfectly fine. This is, but most of the world is employees. And in a later podcast, we'll talk specifically about employee versus contract and the whole AB5 California stuff and how it translate into, in, it will translate into things nationwide and already has had some rulings with the FMCSA and, and how to define people and all that kind of stuff. But for the time being, the point I'm trying to make is that probably the last people you want to really listen to the closest is typically your family members, family and friends. Because they're looking out, oftentimes feeling like they're looking out for your best interest, and they may try to dissuade you from actually taking a risk. Nothing in life is gained without risk. Now, how you mitigate that risk is up to you. So going it alone is problematic, but actually not going it alone and relying mostly on just friends and family is problematic too. The best thing to do typically is to follow in the footsteps of someone that's already been, been there and done it. If you want to really see what it's like to be an owner-operator or a small business broker or, or something along that in the transportation logistics field or any field for that matter, go to people who have done it before. I don't mean you, you spend money on paid advertisers that will show you the tricks of the trade or anything. You can advance to those kind of things if you want, but I'm talking about starting and running your own business here. And I'm talking about getting true advice in a mentorship fashion from someone that has done kind of what you want to do. Because they're going to share with you some of the things, trials and tribulations they went through. Now, if you're trying to be their direct competitor, eh, maybe not so much. But I think you get the idea of what I'm talking about. Now, the, 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 the next thing that I would mention as well is too many people like to shortcut things and skip right to the, right to the let's start driving, let's start uh, trucking down the road without thinking about how you're going to get back home, or let's, let's start, you know, uh, building things like crazy without thinking about the cash flow. Let's, let's uh, you've got to have a plan. You know, there's there's an old saying is is uh, 
you know, put your put your goals in cement, but your plans in sand, right? Because plans do change. But the fact is, is whether you put your plans in sand or not, you have to have one in the first place. You've got to you got to say, okay, my goal is to become a business owner. It's it's in cement, man. I'm going to do this, whatever this is, whatever that definition of this is for you. And you can go into we can go into talk about details like mission statements and things like that. But if you have your goal in cement and then you have a plan of some kind now it could be you know if you're like me sometimes it's a back of the back of, back of the napkin excuse my my stuttering there back of the napkin plan and outline of, of how you want to create whatever it is you're trying to create now I personally use something called live plan online it's a small subscription based thing it'll you can put some numbers in it you can you can but there, there's a bunch of them out there I mean, there's a lot of different softwares. There's there's things you can do on paper. It really depends on how you think. If you're a visual type of person, you want to put things into spreadsheets. Or it, there's a lot of different ways. But the reality is, is you need to have some kind of plan moving forward. That way, you have a way to keep yourself in line as well. Because trans, the transportation logistics field is wide open. If you're like me, you have interest in a lot of different facets of it. And it can, it can push you down a rabbit trail very quickly. And unless you have something defining the parameters of what you want to achieve, so here's your goal and here's the parameters, what you want to achieve, here's the outline, here's the plan, you can get outside of that plan and suddenly your costs are running, running over everything like that. So again, and I'm probably going into this in too much detail, so I want to get through all 10. That was only number three. Number four is, is really... Uh, part of the same thing, but it's failing to plan for adequate cash flow. The, the killer is, when you, even when you're putting a plan together, if you're talking about transactional type of transportation arrangements, you, you always have to, to take a look at all your generalized costs. You can look at it a big picture first and get more detail as you go, but you look at your generalized cost of, uh, you know, uh, Cost of sales, really. Cost of shipping, you know, your payroll. If you happen to add on people, there's a lot of different thing, aspects of it. But, but additionally, you have to consider how long it's going to take you to collect versus pay. Now, that includes pay yourself, and we'll get to that in a minute. But if if it takes if it takes you an average of thirty days to pay everybody out on a transaction of a few thousand dollars, but it takes you 45 to 60 days to collect, well, you're going to be limited in what you can do and the speed in which you can create a business because your cash flow is on the wrong side of the equation. A lot of people will advance themselves to factoring companies and uh, bank loans and taking out mortgages and borrowing from friends and family and all those kinds of things. And, uh, and I'm not discouraging any number of things that you can do. But the whole fact is, is if you have a business plan, and part of that business plan is to adequately plan for cash flow, buffer support of, of getting enough transactions in to supply yourself with the, the money needed for M&R on your truck or, or the lease you might get on this or whatever the case may be, that is ultimately the most important part because a lot of us forget that you're not in business as I always, I like to say to people all the time, I'm not in business as a dot org. I'm I'm in business for profit. Now we can create profit slowly, or we can create it fast. We can create it a lot at a time or a little at a time. 
And all those things depend on your plan again, but you have to have the cash flow to make that happen. So, you know, that's that's really very important. And, and part of that whole cash flow framework is keeping track of everything. As a as an individual, we may like to kind of shoot from the hip and just think to ourselves, we've got enough money over here, we got enough to pay for that over there, so I'm gonna go buy a new car, I'm gonna, you know, uh, you know, go on that vacation or do this or this. But what you really want to do is you want to be able to budget yourself. And to do that, you have to you have to write down the numbers. When you have expenses and when you have revenues and when you have all the miscellaneous things that affect all of us, both personally and through business, you got to keep track of it. And it's not just for yourself. The, 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 the first purpose of something like that is, again, to define where you're going, where you want to go to and making sure you have enough cash to get there like I just talked about a moment ago but for the second part of this is now businesses are actually considered entities you'll hear people talk what is your business entity is it an S corp is it a LLC is are you a you know a, a independent contractor there's all kinds of ways to describe yourself as a business owner but ultimately a business entity is actually a separate entity from yourself and we'll get into why that is maybe a little later or maybe in another podcast but oh you know ultimately the 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 fact that um that you're a separate entity means the irs and the state and local government and all the people looking to make sure you're dotting every i and crossing every t are going to eventually come to you and say prove this prove that you said you made this much revenue and you had this much cost and this much profit and i need Uncle Sam needs their, their tax bite on that, or the local regional people need to know where your property tax are and how many computers you own and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I don't want to, I know part of this conversation may make you feel like it's overwhelming, but ultimately somebody's going to be looking to, best example in the world, let me backtrack just a second. If you ever want to get a loan to grow your business, any way, shape, or form, you're going to have to supply information to those willing to risk their money for you that you have a viable business. And the way to do that is to make sure you're keeping great track of your numbers. And, and ultimately, a second piece of that is to shop for your customers. You know, one of the biggest mistakes I've seen make from small business owners is they get involved with customers they've had for years and years and years that have beat them down in price so much or they, they're, they're friends and they, they go to the games together and they do all, you know, they have dinner once in a while and, and they think somehow that you can do something for them at a very, very low cost. Well, you may be able to do that once in a while as a favor or something like that, but ultimately your, your overall revenue stream of income needs to exceed your outgo, right? And so, so it's really important for you to always have a pipeline of possible clients. You might have some clients. You might have people you deal with as a driver directly that you've known for years. But don't stop looking for that next one because things go in a churn. Because there's somebody else out there looking to take that business away from you. Sometimes they do it just strictly by cost. Maybe they have some better mousetrap that they put together. But you do too. And you need to constantly be looking to see where your most effective services lie so that you can give that service quality to the next person 
and make sure your margin is there. That's very, very important. You need to be always searching and collecting new pieces of business and, and keeping ahead of that churn. Because if you don't, you just kind of move backwards slowly. And that's, that's not a good recipe for anybody. And, you know, part of, part of running a business as an owner-operator, is we're tr- talking strictly about that, is buying a truck. Do you jump in and buy a truck right away? Some people would say yes. And I guess there's a lot of things that, that um, you know, create a situation where that may be the right thing to do on the onset. My best advice is to, is if you're starting out in this, is to try to uh, get a lease of some sort first. You know, and that lease might, but, but it, you know, kind of seven and eight on the thing is, is before you're signing up for a lease, really read it over or have somebody that knows what they're doing. Again, a mentor that has gone through this in the past, kind of look it over for you and understand what the out clauses here. Is it a lease to own? Is it a lease to, to you know, have them repurchase? How is it set up? But to, to the ultimately at the very beginning, you don't necessarily have the cash flow or the investment dollars to just simply buy right off the bat and put the down payments on things. This is why people rent apartments before they buy houses, right? They, the, the, the rental per month might be as much as a house payment per month, but they couldn't afford the 10 or 20% to put on, down in the house. It's the same thing with buying trucks. You gotta look at your situation, you gotta evaluate it properly, and then you gotta decide what your, what your level of uh, tolerance is for risk versus the possible rewards that are out there. Maybe the best lesson from all this is exactly that. It's trying to discover for yourself what your personal risk tolerance is. So if you have these priorities, this framework, this setup business plan, and again, your goal in cement and your plans in sand, and the, the, the saying, by the way, and I never completed that thought, the plans in sand means simply that plans are changeable. They're not so restrictive that you can only do this. What's not changeable is when you set the goal. Once you meet the goals, start over, do it again. But if your goal is to create this business entity and get it to a certain point, then that is your goal. That is what you put in in solid brick and mortar. And then what you're able to do is you're able to take those plans and adapt them as you go, as circumstances changes, as the environment that, that you work in, as the world around you um, alters its technologies, etc. You're able to look at that and say, okay, my high touch needs to move more to high tech or my high tech solution needs to have more of a personal touch to it. So you adapt and change and that's what your plans do. So, you know, ultimately, the, the truck portion of it, if we're talking about an owner-operator kind of scenario, is exactly that. You look to, to, to create a situation where you lease first, if you can, if that makes the most sense for you uh, with your dollars and cents, and um, examine that lease very closely. And, of course, the, the, one of the primary mistakes that I've seen and that, I, that I've had for myself over time is I've hesitated too long to try to create a team. Now there's another application that says create the right team, and sometimes that's hit and miss too, and, it, and it, it depends on what you're looking to accomplish. But the hesitancy, it goes back to the number one thing we talked about, that lone wolf mentality, that go with yourself kind of thing. It's very attractive to try to say, I conquered the world, I climbed that mountain myself, etc. 
But it, but I will tell you that it's much more exciting when you realize that you can get up that mountain, you can get reach those goals, and you can do it within the framework of your plan if you have a good team around you. And you also, you know, I, I'm sure you've heard the language before, it takes a village. Well, I, I cliches are cliches for a reason. Oftentimes they have a, a basis in a reality that has history behind it. And part of that is understanding that if you build the right team, you won't have to wear every hat for the company. You won't have to be the driver and the accountant and this and that. There's enough of a business world out there that allows for you to contract out pieces of what you do. Um, you know, M&R is a great example. You know, most truck drivers are also not repair people. So they out-hire that repair process, that maintenance repair process. Then again, a truck, a, a truck maintenance and repair guy might say, hey, I want to be a truck driver, and then you got the best of both those worlds. But are they an accountant? Do they know how to put a business plan together? Do they know how to make sure they're certified to do hazmat and this and that? Probably not. So the whole idea is to put together a team, and it doesn't mean necessarily hiring anybody unless you're, you're into a place where you're ready to grow to that degree. But that's very, very important, and one of the big mistakes a lot of people make is to hesitate to, to put together a team. And the, the kind of the tenth one that I'll round this out with since we're, we're running up against the clock that I intended today already is one of the bigger mistakes that I see made with most businesses is there's this idea that people forget that they're an employee too. Now, I know that kind of sounds counterintuitive to what I'm talking about, being a business owner, having an owner mentality versus employee mentality. But when I say that they're an employee too, I mean, don't discount the fact that you've created a business in which part of the reason for you doing that is to create a supply of income for yourself. So treat yourself that way. There are a lot of things that, that uh, um, are, are offered from a business standpoint to an employee, like a, a health care, 401ks, all those kinds of extraneous things that oftentimes when you're starting your own business, you don't even think about. You just go diving in and you forget the fact that you have, a, again, a life you're trying to create. Not a living, but a life you're trying to create through doing this. So you're taking all this risk, hoping for a reward, but not covering your own rear end doing it. So don't forget that you're part of the equation too, and you're one. Frankly, you're the most important part of the equation. It's great for a person or an entity to help create enough revenue and enough business uh, cash flow stream to start hiring people, to start uh, growing in a geographic or a, a, an industry area. But it's it's quite another if they do it, forgetting about themselves while doing it. Uh, it. You know, there's there's two schools of thought as a business owner. You pay yourself first, you pay yourself last. I'm not going to sit here and tell you which is better because it, it really is dependent on, again, the plans you put together, the goals you have, all those kinds of things. But either way, you do get paid. You understand? So, so make sure that you're doing that. Make sure you're not falling through some of the pitfalls. There's 100 pitfalls. There's also a hundred wonderful things that happen from from putting yourself out there. In you know, in the United States, it's, it's frankly amazing. 
the small business ownership in the United States is probably 80% of all the businesses are, are medium to small businesses like what we're talking about here. And, you know, sometimes it feels not condescending, but very with political overtones that people say the backbone of the United States is, you know, the backbone of our industry is small business. Well, it is. It's, it's just the way it is. And if we take that away, if we all consolidate around large, large businesses all the time, then we're, we're kind of dumbing down things. We're, we're leaving some of the entrepreneurship and the exploration of our own desire to create by the wayside. So my hope for you is that you won't fall into these traps, that you'll take some time, you, know, you put your heart into it, as they say, but also put your brain into it. Use that to try to stay away from some of the normal mistakes that are made and try to learn from the past from people. Learn from people like myself that have gone through it or others that have had more experience or in your certain direction that you want to go. But treat yourself right. Treat yourself number one in this priority list. And then, you know, build your business around solid principles and a solid plan. And again, you know, if you put your goals in cement and your plans in sand, you're going to be a winner. That that I can tell you. And you may go through a lot of hardships, a lot of ups and downs. We certainly have. 2020 is a great example of how difficult things can be. But but ultimately, um, I'm going to be there cheering you on. And if I, if I can provide some advice or if I can get advice from you even better, because I want to grow and, and change as well. So take care. Get out there. Stay safe on the roads. Stay, stay safe doing whatever you're doing for a living. And just keep thinking about how, how you can continue to take the things that you love to do and transfer that love into other people. Transfer that emotion, that, that logic in that mentorship into other people. Take care and we'll see you soon.